Mark. Sam. I'm really excited by this episode and sharing this episode. Call Me Loop, who you're about to hear wisdom from over the next 25 minutes, listener. Genuinely one of not just the nicest humans in the world, not just one of the funnest humans in the world, but genuinely as someone with excellent music taste like myself, has some of my favorite pop songs over the past decade, just pure sunshine, joy pop bangers. And she's had quite an interesting journey. And even I love them. I mean, to find pop records that the Sam and Mark music mafia both agree on that is quite a uh that's quite a special harmony it's a rare venn diagram isn't it she's basically one in a million quite literally <laughs> um and on this uh on this episode listener you're gonna hear i think part of the reason this is really exciting she not only just talks about you know the classic stuff like what she's learned what she wished she was told starting out but she talks more about the make she's very transparent about money she's very transparent about labels and being independent talks about sync and publishing and all that kind of stuff so lots of value we should probably shut up and just let it go. I was going to ask you, what's your favourite loop song? Give and Take is a banger. I mean, it's like a defining pop record for me, just pure. And Rose, I mean, literally all the songs she talks about, like all of them, all of them loop. Mind Self Love. <laughs> loop, you have many, many cool hats, quirky hats, fun hats, successful hats. But we're going to talk about the musician, specifically the artist Loop Hat, mostly today, at least for the first half of this podcast. Um, Perfect. So in that journey of Loop, of Call Me Loop, of the many eras of Loop, what, now that you've experienced so much cool shit, are the three things that you wish you were told kind of starting out? Well, I mean, God, when I started out, it was a little while ago. So the industry landscape has changed quite a bit. But I think probably, I mean, you have to be very, very patient which is something that I am not naturally. <laughs> but like in this industry, I think it's a very important thing never to rush something. Like you need to, I think, have your ducks in a row, take your time and kind of have the next however many months to years planned out. Because I think, if, so if you're not released anything yet mm. and you're itching to put music out, I think wait longer than you think always. <laughs> because like, if you think you've got the song, amazing, but you need the lead up song that's going to help get you to the point where the, the song's not going to get lost and then you also need the song after the song because I think something that I kind of learned which I mean I guess is a little bit subjective but not really because the tangible result was there like I had my song was give and take and then I think I didn't really have the follow-up I think we had a feeling it was going to be kind of special and we had maybe I'm lying we're like we'll put that out in the lead up we'll get to a point put our give and take and then it kind of flew and it was kind of unprecedented for like the level that I was at and how unknown and independent and little budget was in it and then I think I didn't think I had the follow-up song and some people in my team felt quite strongly about Cut and Run and no disrespect to Cut and Run because it's great song <laughs> but I wasn't convinced and it just didn't do so well and then it's such a quick moving industry a little bit fickle you know suddenly you're, you're the flavor of the month and then you're not if you don't follow up and if your trajectory doesn't go like that and it's not always going to go like that but anything you can do to keep it going like that I would say is a very important thing to consider mm-hmm. and then that's the first one yeah patience and kind of getting everything ready before you hit lift off. And then I think choosing your team very, very wisely, which is probably kind of fits into the same thing of like taking your time, not rushing, trusting your gut. Cause like that is literally going to be whether your career goes this way or that way, whether you pick this management, this label, this distributor, this publisher. And it's, I, you know, I know so many artists who have so much potential and, you know, it's not necessarily just on the management or the team, but it's like, it's a whole thing. It's so much bigger than just the artist, and you can have the best songs but if they can't get you the live that you need to get or they don't know how to do your socials or put get your branding right, you just need... So that's the stuff I think you, you take your time, you, you see how you get on with them, 
think about where you want to be and then think these these the people to get me there so that one and then i don't know if you're expecting really short answers for this no i love it this now is great. Into it. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly i would just say enjoy it because you're not going to make much money from it for a while if ever so if you're not enjoying it what the bloody hell are you doing it for you know try and ride the wave really appreciate the small wins try not to get too in your head and like miss the stuff that's going on around you and be a good person because it's a small industry and if you're not word gets out that is karma baby perfectly formed <laughs> answers thanks i'm wow. thinking about the um the loop five aside team you mentioned team is one of the most important things if we were building yeah. that team to start the dream team in 2023 what would those characters be what are those roles you need and maybe roughly in order of importance is it like manager social gurus lawyer or record label um hairdresser <laughs> head of that's rider? a very good question you know i haven't actually thought about that in recent years i actually at the moment full disclosure have no team whatsoever i am currently unmanaged unsigned and well yeah basically it's one woman team so I mean, good question to put to me, because I guess if I were to rebuild a team, what would I... I think, obviously, we know that in today's day and age, social media is like the holy grail. It's got pros and cons. Um, so, so I think that probably... I mean, I think... I personally think, you know, major label, as somebody who's never had one and is kind of in a world where you're up against, in inverted commas, obviously there's room for everyone, but people, artists who have so much money behind them and, like development phases obviously I've always been a bit envious of that but I do think if you could get a an indie label who's smaller so that you have more creative control um, but who like they know, they've got their finger on the pulse you know they're young they understand social media landscape they can help you create ideas and actually like bring those ideas to fruition and they've got they're clever with their budget I think that would probably be the best thing to get like a, a label like that I mean management is very important and I got I think I got my lawyer first. And the, I don't <laughs> know what wrong. order. I, management, hundred percent, yes, because they're kind of like overlooking everything. And they've—if you've got yeah. the right one, they—they, they, you know, they've got your back and they know how to lead you. Especially if you're starting out and you're a bit wet behind the ears and you don't really know what you're where. You know, you haven't got the contact yourself yet. Mm. Management, a, like a cool, clever indie label who really supports you and is a hustler. God, you give me five lawyer. <laughs> You can have a couple of substitutes if you want. In, in, to I mean, publisher, great. Team. If you're a good writer, publisher can be so important because, I mean, like for me, the stuff that's made me money, although I don't know how, to be honest, I don't know what, who, where it's come from for some of it. I don't know what's come from my publisher, but like making money from songwriting, basically, when my songs have, when like self-love, that's been my money earner because I've had it, you know, syncs and big TV adverts for that and Netflix shows and stuff. And because I put that out through a distributor, and therefore didn't give away my ma- any of my master. That's made that got me through the pandemic and then some. Yeah, good publisher. Another reason why sometimes good not to be on a major label because you get to keep the money if it does well. Yeah. So would it be fair to say that the trade off? You've just kind of shared a bit of an overview of the trade offs. Being in, mm. it's a bit like being free and single, which means you can go out partying all the time, but you don't get spooned on a Sunday morning. Versus 100%. being in a relationship, which means you can do a romantic weekends in Lisbon but you can't necessarily go out to four in the morning with your friends. Exactly. So the major label, you mentioned they put resources and stuff behind you, but it restricts your freedom. And if you are successful, you keep less of it. So you, because you are currently free and single as an artist, yeah. and you had some successes and you put out yourself, you then kept more and or all the money. 
Yeah, which which is amazing, but obviously it doesn't always work that way. I, it, as you say, it's kind no. of like a either can be great, either can be crap. Like I've heard, you know, so many horror stories of people signing with major labels, and it's all exciting, but actually that's only the first step, and then you can get put on a shelf. I mean, it's happened. You know, we've heard Ray's yep. story. We've now Grace you know, I've yeah, heard yeah. Gracie's sharing a similar story. My friend Caramani's sharing a similar story. I think it happens so much, and people don't even realise because you're put on a shelf. You're not allowed to put out what you want to put out, and you're you're stuck. Like that must be horrible. I've never been in that position because I've never been signed to a major. Mm-hmm. So that's where I've been really lucky. But then, if you are signed to a major and they make you a priority, look at like the Dua Lipas, May Miller mm-hmm. smashing it. You know, like people who have had like development money resources like a great team around I mean they're incredibly talented women as well that can show you where you can get to if you do have the money and it's like and it is it is hard and like when I was you know a couple of years pre-covid when things were going really really well for me and it looked people always assumed that I was on a major label because it kind of looked that way and in some ways obviously great that's what I was going for but also in another way I also was yeah. kind of like no but I am doing this on like I don't know a one hundredth of the of the budget and stuff and yeah. resources that other people are doing. So I kind of want people to know that as well. It's yeah, it's there's pros and cons. You're you're you've got creative freedom, but with that freedom, you know, you've got a shoestring budget to make a video on and to to plug behind it and stuff like that. So it's it's much harder. Maybe makes you a bit more creative because you've got to you know work, try and think outside the box a bit. And like some of my stuff, like Rose, my social media campaign for that was like the best that I've, we've ever done. And that my my old management Talia, they were uh, Peter there who worked, helped me with um, socials and digital and stuff. He's amazing. And he we kind of together came up with this idea for this like you know let it take you away because it came out actually. So this was another. Sorry, I'm going off on tangents. But like Rose, Rose was supposed to come out that summer. So that was a 20, was that 2020? Uh, yes, 2020. So the first yeah. lockdown. It was supposed to come out that summer. Obviously, a song called Rose, you'd hope it'd be out in summer. But I was signing with a Swedish <laughs> label who'd never, we'd never worked with before, but they reached out to us. They sounded great. We were signing the deal. It was already um, working with lawyers. So, you know, spending money on my part with my lawyer going back and forth. And then they bailed and obviously I was devastated and it meant cost for me and it was just a nightmare. And then I was like, oh my God, if this song, do I now hold off this song for another year? Mm. But we ended up putting it out in November and just, we were like, right, let's tap into this thing. People are depressed. They're locked up. Let's make it like an escape for them. And we did this literally with no money at all. Peter came to my house. This is when we were allowed to mingle um, with a green screen. <laughs> I got like an air hostess outfit. We like did these ridiculous videos and like made it like, we're taking you out on loop airlines and uh mm. you know rose tv and all this stuff and it was it did so it was my best social campaign ever and it cost us like nothing but you do need to have that was and you know it was helpful having somebody else's brain to bounce ideas off yeah i can't even remember the question now sorry but <laughs> <laughs> one of your tangents almost led to one of the question strip points that i was just going to make which is quick piece of context to the listener we've kind of known each other on and off over the best part of seven or eight years mm-hmm. and all of the different eras of loop call me loop like i think any one that was just finding you for the first time, whether it was the quality of the recordings, whether it was the energy and effort you put into the music videos, whether it was the social campaigns and stuff, that kind of phrase of like, oh, they must be on a major label, I think is a very interesting reference point. Because I think subconsciously what people mean by that is they had loads of budget or they had loads of people who knew what they're doing. That's often what there's kind of code for. Yeah. And so I think the fact that you actually were independent whilst doing all of those things and genuinely you know i've said this tomorrow i'm pretty sure i've said this publicly on socials you know you have some of my favorite pop records over the of the past decade and you do you're doing them like entirely independently and that's Thank so fucking you. cool no no like they're great and my point i was getting to was you mentioned uh rose that was actually going to be one of the things that i wanted to ask you about because i feel like 
through the many different singles that you've put out over the past few years, there's been some really quirky ways of expressing them. So you've kind of just told us the story specifically of Rosé. Yeah. But has there been any other interesting, whether it's good or bad things that happened off the back of some of those kind of social ideas or campaigns you put together, like something you didn't think was going to work really connected in Sweden or something? Like, do you know what I mean? Was there anything? I don't know. The Rosé one was definitely, that was probably the best one ever. And then also because, Mm. as I say, it came out in November, it managed to do incredibly well in that time. As I say, I think we tapped into that thing Mm. of people being desperate for a bit of escapism. (laughs) but then I hadn't put out another one by the time summer 2021 came around so we then kind of gave it a second boost and we did that by I suddenly had the idea of like I was like should I do my own wine so so we did that which again cost nothing my friend her her brother had this blank label rosé and like I knew it wasn't going to be a money spinner it was a marketing thing you know it was going to be for a bit of fun and we made this like I think it might have been my idea, actually, which I'm very proud of, is we did the the parody of the Legally Blonde, her application to Harvard. So we did that, but with the rosé, and it was just, and that went down incredibly well as well. So that did really well. And, I mean, that song is like the gift that keeps on giving. Every time it gets to springtime, it, like, suddenly starts Mm. spiking again. So that's amazing. That that definitely was my best social campaign total. Mm. I'm trying to think. I also did, like, a fun thing on socials, again, trying to get creative. I did a... um, I think this was during lockdown as well. Obviously, like people were just having to work with the stuff that they had when they couldn't put new stuff out or do gigs. We did a competition of all my songs, my singles today. Uh, so we did like a people had to vote a polls on Insta Story, oh, yeah. the pop banger off type thing. Yeah, yeah, so like they were going up against each other, people voting, people getting very upset, being like, "I can't believe you're putting this against this. Don't make me choose." I was like, <laughs> so that became like a bit of a thing that went over the course of a week and then I ended up doing like a putting on a ref shirt and I did like a green screen I was like okay we're down to the final four and this is blah blah some people think it's this some people think it's my coming out song uh does very well for me and this like so you know just kind of like a bit so that was really fun and that went down really well and that was like a filler when it wasn't specifically for one campaign so that's the other thing I think that's hard to do if you are an artist who's at kind of a level where when you're in campaign you've got a song great you've got content to be sharing and stuff but if you're if it's kind of in the gap between songs and you're not gigging at the moment and you're not, mm. it's very hard to find content to share and you, you like don't want to be posting stuff for the sake of it, but you also need to stay in people's memories, mm. uh, you know, stay front of mind as best you can. So it's kind of trying to find fun ways. And obviously lockdown was peak time for this <laughs> and people were getting very creative with what they were doing online. It was great for a bit. And so I think yeah. the novelty wore off for everyone. So stuff <laughs> yeah. like that is quite fun to do. Um, and it just engages, engages fans. And I started a WhatsApp group for, me and my my fans like a few years ago as well which they loved and that was super fun mm. to do I can't think of any that have done really badly I'm sure <laughs> there are some and I've repressed it I mean there's obviously the ones mm. that just don't connect as well and you just kind of yeah. you know you move on to the next it's kind of you got to do a bit of trial and error and some stuff feels like a good idea at the time and then it's just it's like actually that mm. was a bit lame or uh I don't think I've done anything that's been super offensive or anything that's got me in trouble so that's good <laughs> just a quick thought because you've been quite transparent about um, budget and money and all these things that can sometimes feel taboo as a musician, even though it's literally what allows us to make the thing we love doing and help us get to reaching goals, dreams, all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that in your experience now, obviously you've written some amazing songs for other people as well. You mentioned the sync stuff. Like, is there, if there's a musician now that has the talent, has the skill, is wanting to get to that point where they're making a living off music, whether that's their own or they just want their world to be music filling all the time. Mm. Is there anything you, again, going back to the kind of you wish you knew this when you started out because you might put more time and more energy into it, whether it is getting an amazing guy who knows sync, whether it is 
write writing songs and then cold calling them and sending them to other people is there anything like that that you've yeah picked up over the years I mean I think a bit of both of what you said I think you kind of just have to like that sit down and think right what are my skills if it's writing if it's performing there's ways to make money performing it just might not be the ways that you want to I mean like for me like personally I don't love doing function gigs and that was something that I yeah. did pre call me loop and I wouldn't now even though I could do it and make money from it I wouldn't do it just because I don't personally want to do it. But I know lots of people do love doing it because it's just another way to sing. And that's that can, you can make some really great money from that. So yeah. if you're somebody who likes to do that, that's a great way to get some money quite quickly. Um, do you I do think weddings and stuff? Weddings? I, I have never... Well, I've done a couple for my friends and I've got a couple coming up for my friends. I've never done it as a paid gig. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I did it pre... I did... I mean, we're talking like seven, eight years ago. I did do a couple. Did I... But that's what you're talking about doing weddings doing 21st exactly weddings 21st kind of like okay. all things like um i think i i played the henley regatta a couple of years in a row <laughs> and the henley regatta you know of quite as well. fancy um, boat race royal ascot you know darling um any stuff like festivals. that yeah <laughs> corporate gigs you know events and things yeah. or like planned parties for, for, for i've done yeah. a couple to be fair i did a couple for uh brands and that can be kind of a nice in between where you're getting paid, but it's also could be good exposure or good networking. So that's the other thing. Yeah, you just need to get out there and meet people because it's going to be your connections at the end of the day. I mean, as well as your talent, obviously, and timing and luck, but like connections, it's the people that you know and you get to know. Um, but then, yes. in terms of making money, I mean, the way that I started because I was doing it through, I was doing an office job three days a week, and then I was trying to do music two days a week coming from a place of having no contact so I was kind of trying to write songs on this tiny little midi keyboard on Logic even though I didn't play the keyboard and then like cold emailing producers I found on SoundCloud who I thought might have me in the studio and stuff like that after you know building that up building that up and getting to a point where I was releasing songs I then I think it was then I it was, it was Christmas 2018 I think that I signed with Cobalt but I think basically once you're at a point where you think you can reach out to publishers or if you've got a manager and have those conversations for you because that's how I then started doing musical time was when I signed my deal with uh, Cobalt and got my advance because then I obviously had a chunk of money which meant right for the foreseeable for the next few months you've you've got enough money to live off of and just write songs full time that's how I did it to then get to a point where you're living and breathing music and you can then get to a point where you're okay I found my sound I can put all my attention into this so that would be a way but you also want to find the balance of not signing too soon and getting like a very crappy advance if you think you're on the brink and you've got a couple of great songs lined up I think it's about reaching out having those conversations getting them to put you in studio sessions like with Cobalt Sean actually put me the first session they suggested she was like I think you'd be great with Height Tim Deal we'll put you in a session with him it was me and him and in two hours we wrote give and take in our first session and then I was like okay these guys know that I think they're good for me <laughs> So signed with them. Uh, so yeah, that's a, a good way. And then yeah, like you say, I think you just got to hustle and think outside the box. And like you say, syncs is a great way to make money. I mean, if you're if you're kind of the Instagram, if you're an Instagrammer, start reaching out to brands and like mm -hmm. finding ways to do little collabs like that because that can be a good money spinner as well. You know, if you've got a bit of like a fashiony thing going on or like educational music videos if you're a producer like this is how i made this or like you know anything like that just in case our listeners are getting a bit confused cobalt is a publisher that's different to Sorry, a yes. deal and that means you get money for the songwriting not the performance exactly is yeah that correct and then the thing that brings it all together is you mentioned patience as one of your top tips so a publisher just like a record label will sometimes offer you this thing called an advance which is a bit of money up front and 
I think you were suggesting it's important not to accept the first one. Because it's very exciting if someone offers you £10,000 and you're (laughs) currently working in Sainsbury's. But actually, you might be worth £25,000 in just three months' time. So patience is important there. Yes, thank you. Yes, all very, very true. That's the thing. You don't want to jump the gun. Um, There might be that bit of you that's like, I'm just really desperate to get out of this, you know, Monday to Friday job. But if you wait a little bit longer, you might, it just means taking a bit more time of like, doing a bit of a double job thing you know you work your money maker whether that's working tesco's or whatever it is in an office and then you've got to work your evenings and your weekends building up something for your music and then you get to a point where you've got something to show for it and you're worth some money to someone <laughs> so one of the things that helps being patient is being able to bounce back from some of the lower moments or some of the rejections have you got any tips on how to deal with the moments that don't go your way. So, you know, you mentioned you were very open about the Swedish record label experience, for example. You have to have a thick skin to be in this industry, like no doubt about that. So that's something that you just have to be aware of if you're getting into it. You'll get rejected, but more often than that, you'll just get ignored. <laughs> like <laughs> communication is not great. Emails will not get responded to and that can feel really crap and it takes a lot of time. So you've got to have the belief in yourself and the patience to be able to kind of get through that phase um and then even when you're doing well you're still going to i mean people at the top of their game are still getting rejected here and there yeah. the label that um with rose that really got to me i think there was something else that had happened at the same time it felt like it was like one thing after another so i did feel pretty yeah. crappy at that moment <laughs> and i do think you've got to ride that way you've got to sit in your feel same as anything feel the emotion feel sad about it but then be like right this is and this, I know this is hard sometimes, but everything happens for a reason. And if one door closes, another one opens, you've got to have that mindset because otherwise you'll get um, trodden down pretty quickly. I think the main thing, which I still struggle with, but is like, try not to compare yourself with the other people you see in your kind of area on socials because mm. like you might have just lost out on an opportunity and then you see the person who got it I've had that <laughs> quite recently oh. and it's like all yeah. over my Instagram all the time and it's like ah but you've just got to say right that wasn't for me and there's a reason and it just gives me more more fire to get get on to the next thing I, I don't really have any secret top tips other than kind of <laughs> You just gotta, you just gotta move on and you know seize the next opportunity that comes your way. Block all Swedish record labels. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to <laughs> see what they're up to. <laughs> That's half past, boys and girls. Oh wow! God, that went fast. Dun, dun, dun. So, Luke, we do have one final question for you, which we ask all of our guests, which is: as new music fans, as new music lovers. As we record this on the 29th of March, 2023, what one piece of new music are you personally loving right now? Okay, see, this is really unimaginative and it's not (laughs) as as new as needing the date, but (laughs) (laughs) it's just Miley Cyrus's new album. I just love her so much. I'm so obsessed. And Rose Coloured Lens, I think it is. That actually kind of reminds me of my song Rose. It also obviously kind of has the same name in the title. And it's just got that kind of like sexy, sweet, nostalgic summery vibe. And I think with this weather, I'm just like absolutely desperate for those sorts of songs to become (laughs) real life. Um, And yeah, she's just, I just think she's absolutely sensational. So yes, her. Big up Miley. Big up Miley. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time, Luke. Thank you for having me.
No worries. We'll wrap this up just by, is there anything else that you want to share to a new musician at the start of their career? You can say no. That's the final final chance to share your wisdom. Um, don't do it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 it's, it's, it's amazing if, you, if you're passionate about it. And, you know, I also I think, kind of think like, don't have a plan B and it'll, it'll work mm. out for you. I've always said I'm not going to have a plan Agreed. B because there is nothing else I'm going to do. That is the mic drop moment to end it on. <laughs> Pew!